everybody, and welcome back to Sapphic Survival Guide, where we are happy to be queer to answer your questions. I'm Gina. And I'm Cheyenne. And you'll notice it's just the two of us today. Yeah, uh, Sev decided uh, to come out as straight and said we're going to hell, so she won't be joining us anymore. <laughs> no, kidding. Cheyenne's kidding. Sev <laughs> is very much still by. Don't worry, she's still one of us. But uh, just due to a timing conflict, she's going to be stepping away. So it's just going to be me and Cheyenne, but don't worry, she's still gay. Yeah, so I'm still by. Yeah, she may have said bye, bye, bye in the words of the Backstreet Boys to us, but don't worry, she's still by. Yeah, it ain't no lie. It ain't no lie. (laughs) Baby, bye, bye, bye. So today's topic, we are getting into dates, dating, all kinds of dating. I know we covered first dates, but this is going to be, you know, a little bit deeper into going on dates and asking people on dates and things. Um, Cheyenne, do you and Joey King go on dates even after being in a relationship? Because I think that's super important. Yeah, we do. It's kind of ebbed and flowed, but like we go every other week where like one of us plans a surprise date for the other. And it doesn't have to be like anything big. Sometimes it's just like thrifting, but we like to do little things like that. What about you? I'm assuming that you do. We're obsessed with dates. We have like out of the house dates, at home dates. We're really big on going out to dinner too. So like Mm -hmm. one of our dates, frequent dates is really just like getting dressed up and going to a new restaurant, one of our favorite restaurants. Mm -hmm. It's fun to like put on an outfit and feel. Yes. Yeah. Getting ready for the date is the best part. It's the most fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Before you were in your current relationship, did you go on a lot of first dates or just like dates in general I feel like you've done more hooking up than I have but I feel like I've maybe gone on more dates than you but I don't know I think that's probably accurate because I did I wasn't like I was being like a fuck person like I wasn't asking girls on dates I was asking like can I come over you want to come over yeah yeah it was a lot of hookups (laughs) less less dates yeah yeah I've been on um way too many first dates but I feel like doing that has made me like a seasoned dater it's like going on like going to job interviews like the more you do it the less nerve-wracking it is because you you kind of know what to expect and you hope for the best and hope that the worst doesn't happen um but like it kind of starts like fit a script and I feel like people place a lot of like I don't know people are very like anxious about first dates and they're really like not as scary as I I think a lot of people make them out to be I think they're a lot of fun totally agree I think (laughs) dates are super 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 fun yeah. What's the uh, most fun date you've ever been on? If you can think of any. Honestly, my first date, if you can call it even a date, like the mm-hmm. first hangout with my girlfriend, it wasn't like a hookup. Yeah. We drove up a mountain. It was like pretty and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, we and you pulled over to, to make out, right? Music. We pulled over to make out. <laughs> yeah, It was a lot of talking. I think cars, I know it's like driving around isn't necessarily a date, but we had a destination. Like we were taking a scenic drive Mm -hmm. and I think it gave us a lot of opportunity to really talk and then also like share music that we liked with each other. And I singing along kind of like made Mm -hmm. it less stressful because we were already like getting comfortable with each other. So it doesn't even have to be some crazy, you know, extravagant. I mean, technically that date was free and it was awesome. Yeah. That's really cute. I'm going to feel bad if I say my best date was not with my girlfriend, um, which obviously my best date is all of my dates with her. So if you're listening to this, just know that. 
but like the first one that came to mind for me was it was like one this person I had I saw once and I never saw them again and I drove like five hours that day to go on the state with them because Whoa. they were out of the city and I had to go like pick them up drive to another city and then take them home and then drive home and like drove around <laughs> all day yeah uh I was committed to uh my dating life uh but <laughs> they had like a really fun idea where we would went to like a bookstore and we picked out books for each other and it was like our first time meeting so it was just kind of like what kind of like vibe we thought the other person would like and I don't remember what I got them but they got me it's like a coffee table book of like sex illustrations like it's like weird Ooh. funky art but it's like naked bodies yeah I was like I how that. did you know that yeah the rest of the date really like it was like lackluster but that was like a cool idea and you're welcome to steal that from me if you're listening to this and you want to do that with someone no that's fun we've definitely gone on a, a date to a um to a bookstore before and mm -hmm. it was awesome I've also gotten I'm very much one of the people who falls subject to Instagram ads especially when they're couple related mm -hmm. which is totally you know what gets sent to me and so I've saw all those things for these date books are like scratch offs and I forget the name of the company, not that I mm -hmm. want to shout them out, but we've yeah. done a lot of those and they can get pretty creative even with things at home. Like we did this one where we had to paint, but we went through our phone and found a picture of something that we did together and then had to like paint it. Yeah. And then we could like, couldn't show each other till the end. It was really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I like a good home date. Like the I think I Snapchatted you the one night where it was like too bad to go out, but we wanted to do something cute. So we like did drag makeup for each other. Yes. So that's like, I don't know, we just like find fun little activities. And I feel like there are a lot of different things you can do. Yeah. So since you've been on more dates than me, are you usually the person asking? Because we have a lot of questions about asking somebody on a date. Is that something you do? Uh, yeah, it's, it's usually me, uh, partially because I don't have the patience to wait around for someone and also partially because I don't, I don't know. I just feel like there's this like trope of queer people and queer women specifically like going back and forth and being like, oh, I don't know if they like me. I don't know if like if this is a date or if this is a hangout. I'm like, I feel like the best way to avoid that whole trap is to just I don't know, be honest about your intentions and like, let them know how you're feeling. That's the biggest way I think that to like get past it. And I don't know if it's just because I'm an Aries moon, but I just like, don't have the time for the games. I don't have the time to be waiting around and like wondering and hoping that they're going to ask me. No, I'm going to ask if I shoot my shot and it gets batted away from the hoop or I don't know. I don't know sports, but if, yeah. <laughs> if it, do if it doesn't make it into the goal, you know what? I can keep moving. And if it does, good for me. And so I feel like that's why I've gone on a lot of dates is because I haven't been afraid to ask. Um, yeah. And also just because people are emotionally unavailable. But <laughs> that's part of it is because like, I'm not going like, to sit around and wait. Yeah. Well, I think you were, I think you're onto something when you say that there's kind of a trope about, you know, not knowing kind of, because we got a couple questions really, you know, how do I know? If it's a mm -hmm. date or if they're just being friendly, how do you discern a friend date from a date date? And I like your answers, like to be the one to say, we're on a date. I want to go on mm -hmm. a date, like to put it out there. I feel like being forward is going to be the best bet because mm -hmm. if you're confused, they're probably confused. And if you want it to be a date, mm -hmm. put that out there. Right. And if 
they don't want that, then yeah, it can still just be a friend date. Like you don't have to be like creepy about it. You don't have to make it weird. Like you can let them know like, Hey, I'd love to hang out with you as more than friends. But if you don't want that, I value who you are as a person, what you bring to the table, just like in general and not necessarily romantically or sexually. And, you know, I'm down to hang out either way, but I would love for this to be a date. Like it's that simple. And I feel like people overthink it a lot Um, because it is scary and like the rejection sucks, but you know, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. So (laughs) yeah. And a lot of my friend group has culminated because of Tinder Mm -hmm. matching that then just turns into friendship and that's totally Mm -hmm. fine. If that's how things go. Yeah. And I definitely have been hanging out with people before where I'm like, I don't know if this is a date or not. And that's when like, after the fact, I'm like, Hey, was that a date? Like, if you do happen to get into one Mm -hmm. of those scenarios, like it's okay to like ask and you can be like, next time, can it be like, if you can let them know your intentions moving forward, if you want it to be more than that. Um, so I think just ask if you're unsure or let them know what your intentions are and see if they're down to. Yeah. Well, getting down to it, how this is one of the questions, how do you, as a woman, ask another woman out without making her feel uncomfortable? Cause you know, we're used to men being more forward, I think, than mm-hmm. people want them to be. And so how do we make sure we're not perpetuating that? Yeah. I think it's important to have like some of that confidence and not necessarily persistence, but just like being willing to put yourself out there, um, that men have, but don't take it that far. Like don't take it to the creepy (laughs) realm, I guess. And, you know, just put the ball in their court, say, Hey, I'm interested, no pressure. Don't mean to make you uncomfortable. Feel free to say no. Like, you know, it's, it's up to you. And I think a lot of men don't do that. And that's what makes us feel so unsafe. It's just like, Hey, I want to get to know you. And it's like, did you ask if I want to get to know you? Like you're not (laughs) asking me. So yeah, I feel like just put the ball in their court, kind of let them know your interests, but don't be too pushy because I definitely haven't um, encountered other women who were a bit too pushy. And it's like, yeah, it's like a thin line, but I feel like showing obvious interest and then kind of backing away and letting them do their thing is the best way to handle that. Um, without no I totally agree yeah like there doesn't need to be some intense or like some crazy pickup line that you've thought of or it's not so much I want to take you out it's would you like to go out with me Mm -hmm. I think you're cute I think you're beautiful I think you're interesting I think all these good things about you would you like to go on a date with me and Mm -hmm. the biggest thing is like I think some of the feeling of being uncomfortable is when people feel like they can't say no. Mm-hmm. So that whole like, Hey, no big deal. If it's not your thing, maybe we can just be friends. I think that's yeah. where the comfortability is going to be coming in where they clearly know, Oh, either way, this is going to be totally fine. Mm-hmm. So I can respond. However I want to, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I feel like with men, a lot of their interest is only sexual or romantic and they don't really care to get to know you as a friend if yeah. you know you're not bringing one of those other things to the table even potentially so i feel like saying like i'd love to take you on a date but i still want to get to know you and like think you're great beyond that and i feel like men don't do that and that's why it's uncomfortable <laughs> because you can tell yeah. that they just want you for your body um 
So how do you ask out a girl when you're unsure if she likes girls? That was another question that we got. I think this is so sensitive because if you don't know, you have to tread the line of like not outing them, Mm -hmm. not making them feel uncomfortable. Um, So it's a little bit dependent on that person. But if it were me and there was a situation where I'm at least like vibing enough to think I could ask at this point, Mm -hmm. you know, I would make sure that there's nobody else around that's going to like overhear in case she's not out. Mm -hmm. And I would definitely add the whole like no pressure, not sure if this is your thing, but I'm into Mm -hmm. you. If you're feeling it, maybe we could see like where things go over dinner. Um, Mm -hmm. but I would kind of, even the same thing as like how we've just said, not making somebody uncomfortable, just giving them like the, if it's not your thing, no problem. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, I'm not sure how you identify Mm -hmm. and, uh, giving them the out, you know? Yeah, I agree. I I haven't shot my shot much in person. Um, so most of my asking people on dates was virtual. So I feel like you don't have to worry as much about outing them if it's like in a private DM. Obviously, don't post True. on their like Facebook wall and tag their grandpa in it. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> like probably not the best move there. Uh, but yeah, I would do uh, what I said before, which is say like hey I don't know if you're into women but if you are I'd love to take you on a date sometime if not like I'd like yeah. to I'd love to hang out with you hang like I don't know girl time <laughs> so I'll say this when I have hit on women in person even the ones who aren't gay always super nice and so mm-hmm. and maybe they're hey, so that flattered that you're not going to find a bitch out there but yeah. exactly they yeah. still appreciate and you know what they also appreciate that you're usually like res- more respectful than they normally get hit on yes. and so you could end up with a friend <laughs> out of it anyway like yeah. you never know yeah I feel like a lot of the time they are just flattered there's like one percent of the time that people are weird about it. That's one of the reasons that I actually like meeting people on dating apps, because if you've Mm -hmm. matched with them, there's already the added intention of, well, I like you a little, or I wouldn't have matched with you. And if you're a straight girl matching with girls, you're probably not as straight as you think. And so it's like shooting my shot in a DM Mm -hmm. that's through it where we've already matched is definitely a lot less intimidating. Yeah. So another question that we got was, how do I make it obvious that I'm queer and available if, if I'm very femme or straight passing? Um, what were the ways that you used to do this when you were a bit more uh, straight passing? <laughs> I don't know that I'd recommend this, but I wore a lot more rainbows then. Mm-hmm. I had a rainbow in like every bio post, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, but yeah, which rainbow emoji did you have? Because I feel like that it's like hit the or flag. miss. Because okay, the flag is good, but I feel like when people just have like the regu- regular rainbow, I'm like, is she like free spirited, like on acid at a music festival? Like I love aliens, girl. Or is well, she I might queer? have been, but yeah, <laughs> like, but which one? Like, is it both? I don't know. Can you put both in your bio or like give me some other indication? Um, For I me, there was so that if there's a mushroom and then a <laughs> rainbow, that's yes. drugs. Okay. If there's a rainbow and then like other stuff, I'd probably think gay, but I did. <laughs> I mean, even like I wore a lot of rainbow clothes, rainbow mm-hmm. socks. 
I also like talked about being gay. And I also at some point, like, because I am bisexual and I've kind of (laughs) manifested men out of my life. And so there is a period of time where I was identifying as bisexual, but I actively didn't want men. And so even when men would hit on me at a bar, I was honest with them and I would be like, I'm bi, but I'm not hooking up with men anymore. And then they'd like get confused and leave me alone. But I mean, unfortunately, (laughs) unfortunately, I think you just have to go like out of your way to break the heteronormativity that's unfortunately Mm -hmm. just being cast upon you for being a femme really you know Mm -hmm. it's not fair no I definitely like for myself I try and do like little things like I have tried to wear more rainbow like right now my nails I always keep them rainbow and they're pretty short so I feel like a lot of people if they saw me they would kind of clock that Um, I used to have this credit card that was I got like one of the ones that had different like skin options or whatever they're called and I got like a rainbow mm-hmm. on it so like when I was handing it to workers like they'd see it not that I ever did anything with that but I did do that um I had like like piercings we have a whole episode yep. about uh like queer style queer so if you go style. back and listen to that that might uh give you some advice not that you have to completely change your style because I feel like also hyper femininity like very very hyper femininity is very queer now like dressing like a bimbo or like a Barbie like heels and pink and shiny materials and glitter like the things that just like go read a a Cosmo article about like what men hate like what to stay away from (laughs) and just do like all the stuff on that list and (laughs) that's a good way to attract women and like weird makeup I feel like that's like a big one like just artsy like graphic liner and like intricate designs and colors and you know things that aren't yeah. necessarily like natural beauty like I feel like that's very queer and just like little things even like if I see someone wearing like Doc Martens or like Converse I'm like okay are they a skater are they queer are they both like you kind of have to play Nancy Drew and like super sleuth people out in public but yeah that's kind of how I pick up on things are like those little minuscule details I agree So this next question is a little specific. Um, This person is having a ton of sexual tension with a friend who's married to a man. She's queer, but I don't know if they're open. How do I politely ask, is there something happening here without ruining the friendship or crossing a boundary? If you're like the third party, it's kind of shitty to ask is something happening here when like someone's in a relationship, like that's on them as the person in the relationship or the couple to kind of like reach out and get you involved because otherwise it is crossing a boundary or like making things weird like I've definitely been in relationships where uh like a friend was trying to fuck with the relationship from the outside and it wasn't cool so I feel like it's on the couple to be like hey we're not monogamous do you want to join us? Do you want to join me? Do you want to join them? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it's really a good idea to get involved without them getting you involved, but that's just my opinion. What do you think, Gina? <laughs> my thought on this is like, if they're a pretty good friends, I would think that you would probably know that they were not mm-hmm. monogamous if they were, or yeah. if, if, if it is a good enough friend, I would think that you could just ask, like not even mm-hmm. in a context for yourself, but just like, 
hey, are y'all open or no? And if mm-hmm. they say no, I think you have then, hey, that doesn't mean there's not sexual tension, yeah. but it clearly means that the boundary is that she can't do anything about it. And then you have to decide, is that still going to be fun for you or is that going to hurt you? Mm-hmm. Because I do think having like, you know, we've talked about the homo, we had a homoerotic friendship episode. Some of those can be fun if you know that like, oh, nothing's going to happen, but every once in a while we're going to flirt and it's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you want to really find out without the friendship being ruined, I would phrase it first without you in the equation I guess like the avoidant way to find out this information is go to their house or like hang out with them or whatever and like go on a dating app near them and see if their profile pops up like nearby um that's not a bad idea yeah that's the only thing I can think of that isn't like directly asking them I don't know I think it's best to let them come to you for that because you don't want to ruin the friendship and that's something that really could if the other partner isn't comfortable with you asking those questions yeah tread lightly yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what's a good way to ask someone who is far from you on a date? I almost think this would be a little bit easier because you get to say like, Hey, because we, you're far, we have to plan this more than if you weren't far. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to take you out if you want to go out with me when it would be a good time to do that Mm -hmm. like there's more planning because travel is involved and so I almost think it would be easy well maybe not easier but I I feel like it wouldn't be that hard if you're Mm -hmm. up for planning the logistics yeah yeah and I feel like it's important to be like I am gonna be in your city in two months like I'd love to take you on a date when I'm there or like I have the money. Can I fly you out here for a day? If it's like that level of safety between you, um, I feel like it's kind of a dick move to be like, hey, like fly out to me and come on a date with me. That just doesn't seem like a realistic, like I've definitely had people say that to me before. And it's like, I'm not just going to fly out there and like hope we're going to go on a date. Like I don't know you. Uh, So I feel like obviously it depends on the connection that you have together yeah but you could pose it like that of like hey are you gonna be in my city anytime soon I'm gonna Mm -hmm. be there in you know three weeks I think that's definitely good or you could also do something like look up events that are gonna be near you or near them and then Mm -hmm. you could say like hey I really want to go to this it's close to you would you be up for doing this with me that weekend would you be up for coming to this I'll I think the part of it because they're far is that you can't put all of it on that person Mm -hmm. for the travel expenses and things so if you do invite them maybe say like I'll split gas with you Mm -hmm. or I'll cover one way or you know something to offer so like you just said it's not like all on them yeah so do we want to take a little break yeah sounds good So we are back. The next question we have is what's a good first date? We kind of answered some good first dates we've been on, but what's like a dream first date for you? Like what's that thing that you like you've been thinking about since like middle school and you've been like, oh, that would be so cute. Is do you have a thing or am I just you're a Libra, you have a thing. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I don't know that I have like a, I don't even have like a, I don't know that I have like a dream Mm -hmm. date. When you said that whole thing about like 
fly I'll fly you out yeah I think that if I was gonna put like any sort of fantasy in place that would definitely maybe speak to my like fire moon of like okay spontaneity which not that I really like love spontaneity I love to (laughs) but I yeah I like the idea of just being like oh, I'll fly you here. And then we'll just have this, you know, adventure Mm -hmm. in the city that you've never, because you have to see this city that you've never been to. That sounds dreamy to me. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't think I could do that for a first date. I don't trust people. I'm afraid of people. (laughs) So I feel like I'd be like, you're going to murder me if I do that. Like, I can't. There was a period in my early twenties where I had a a lot of guts that I had no business having and I would have done it, but I don't, now I might be a little bit more cautious. Yeah. I mean, I went to Canada for someone before and like, that wasn't really (laughs) spontaneous, but it was, it ended up being stupid. Um, so adventurous. Yeah, I I guess it it wasn't fun. Um, but like, I don't know, like getting on a plane and being that far away, like at least I had my car and could like leave a little bit easier, even though I did get like searched at the Canadian border because they thought I had guns for some reason. I don't know. Um, but like, (laughs) so it like could have been worse if they like had detained me. I don't know. It was really weird, but like, imagine if I was on a plane and I just was like, stranded in another mm-hmm. country I don't know it's it sounds good in theory but I feel like I'd have to have more trust I don't think I could do that for a first nah, date I agree so what is your fantasy for for a first date mine okay I want to like go out to like a carnival on like a boardwalk and like ride the ferris wheel and play games and like it's like sunset and then like maybe we go underneath the pier and fuck so like that's like my idea how like euphoria meets jersey shore of you <laughs> yeah literally that's um, so funny i'm i'm rue up top and snooky on the bottom <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> that's what our i don't hate gonna that say. <laughs> i feel like a it would be more like Jules up top or like Cassie up top and then Snooky on the bottom. Cause I feel like Cassie would be like, I'm riding the, I'm riding the major. <laughs> you have a Cassie moment on this first yeah. date. Yeah. Aside from like the fantasy aspect of these first dates, I honestly would just say that to qualify a first date as a good one, if you leave that date knowing mm-hmm. for sure you really want a second date, you had a good first date and Mm -hmm. you could be doing nothing. You could be sitting across from each other at a table at dinner. You could be going to a bookstore. You could be driving up a mountain. You could be Mm -hmm. doing whatever. It's a good date if you want another one. Okay. Well, what do you think a bad first date is like activity wise? For me personally, it would be anything that involves a lot of physical activity. Mm, Like one time this girl tried to get me to go hiking and I was like, it's just like, we're not going to work out if that's like fun for you. Mm -hmm. Like, no. Um, So like physical activity, gym dates don't appeal to me, but I don't knock the, you know, the, the girlies who are gym girlies. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's your thing, but y'all need to migrate to each other. That sounds like hell to me. Yeah, I know. I have a friend who went on a first date with a man years ago, and they like went hiking in like a snow. Like there were like four foot of snow. Like that is my absolute no. nightmare. I will. No. I, that does not sound fun to me. Um, I was gonna say like the movies because you can't really get to know them. But I feel like if you're really into the like cinema and you like maybe like got a drink after, got dinner after, and like actually had time to like talk, that would be nice if it was like something you bonded over and then spent time together. But I feel like 
just a movie. I, I, I don't know. Hours I feel like I'm not looking at each other. Yeah. 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 There's got to be a little bit more. I do love the movies and like some people that is like their love language. Like, I don't know if you saw this, but Kiki Palmer recently said that she like loves to watch a movie and that's like her love language is like watching movies that does appeal to certain people. But I feel like for me and just in general, there should be a little bit more to it so you can actually get to know each other. But um, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, going to be dependent. A, like you should thing. go shared interests is a good first date. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. <laughs> so do you think another question that somebody should buy flowers on the first date or is that cringe? I guess it depends. I don't mind the idea of a gift, but flowers might be a little cheesy. Now, if you already know that she likes flowers, mm -hmm. then I think that could be like, look, I listened and I'm showing interest in things that you like, but to just do it as a random gesture, I think is a little empty, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And when you said, uh, <laughs> depends on what kind and like how many, I, my first thought was like someone like filling their car with like a hundred roses or something ridiculous like that like imagine that on a first date I'd be terrified um but yeah oh, I but think like if someone wants to bring me weed I'll accept those kind of flowers <laughs> yeah any that's, day. that's a good flower to <laughs> bring on a first date um I don't think it's necessarily cringe and I do think it depends on the person like if they're like I've never gotten flowers before or I really love flowers or I really love this like if they're like talking yeah. about it a lot and kind of maybe giving you hints that they would want that I would say bring it but other than that I think a second date is a good time to bring flowers because it's like you know like I want to see you again and I'm showing interest and like I want to surprise you I don't know I think second third date might be a good time to buy flowers if you want to buy flowers I don't think it's necessarily cringe for the first date it just depends on the person some people might find that cringe so I it's just not feel a... like as lesbians and sapphic people, we are so much more creative than that. Like when my yeah. girlfriend and I first started dating, I had a garden at the time and I brought her fresh basil from my garden. And that Aww. is way cooler so than buying flowers. <laughs> oh, it was one of the gayest things I ever did. I took a video off to find it. Maybe we can post it when this episode comes out. But I took a video and I was like, men be like, oh, I bought you flowers lesbians be like I brought you fresh basil from my garden that I picked for you this morning yeah that's super gay one time someone brought me like a mini pumpkin because it was October that was cute like you could do like that's cute seasonal things I don't know that are like more creative than flowers and also sometimes it depends what you're doing like flowers can be bulky and like maybe they don't have somewhere to put it and they have to carry it mm -hmm. uh so I don't know I just wait on the flowers for, for the yeah. most part but it depends on you know what you're doing um so is it weird to be prepared and bring clothes or things for the day after if you are spending the night on a I'm assuming first date I think it's weird if you don't know whether or not, like I, you don't want to be presumptuous. Mm -hmm. It's agreed upon, or if you've been, you've slept over before, or if there's been any indication, I don't think it's the worst thing, but showing up with like a duffel bag <laughs> when it's never been talked about is obviously kind of crossing a boundary, honestly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. One thing I think you could do is if like you're driving, you could have things in your car just in case. Mm -hmm. um, if you're one of those people who carries a big purse and you can easily just have like a small change of something in there, like just maybe a t-shirt, another pair of underwear to sleep in or something. But I definitely wouldn't do it without any indication that the other person's going to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're like kind of crossing over in somewhere. Yeah. It's not good. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say for me, if it was something where I didn't know if I'd be spending the night, I'd maybe put like my toothbrush and like a little mini travel toothpaste and my contacts and a charger in my bag. And it's like, I can make do with that until tomorrow morning. Like I I can live. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think bringing like a few little things or like keeping like a little travel bag in your car that you might always have in there, which it might be a good idea to keep that in there. Uh, Like if you have a car- yeah, may as well just uh, keep some things in there in case you need it. I think that's a good idea. Or like if you're like going to a bar with them, you're hanging out after like that might be a good kind of excuse to bring like a change of clothes that maybe you could spend the night in. But like, don't yeah, don't bring the don't bring the suitcase. Don't bring the luggage out for the yeah, <laughs> the maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But it's OK to have uh, some backup stuff. Yeah. So our next question, I want to start dating, but I'm not fully over my ex. And I don't want to do that to people. Any advice? First of all, I appreciate the self-awareness really mm-hmm. to know like, I don't want to do that to somebody else. Yeah. I feel like we got a similar question in another episode. I don't know which episode it was. And I think we kind of said to stay away. And if you aren't going to stay away, I feel like you have to be very clear when it comes to boundaries and what you're open to and what you're not open to. And like maybe don't continue to have dates with or like sex with people if like things are kind of like blurring the line between like casual and intimate if you're like not ready to get emotionally involved because it's going to end up with like one or both of you getting hurt I do think it's good to like put yourself back out there and not just be like sitting around thinking about this person who broke your heart but I do think like you have to be open and honest about like where you're at because I do, I think that people do that, but then they like cross those boundaries and say one thing, but then they're actually oh, like another. the girl that I was dating who all she did was talk to me about her ex on our first yeah. five dates. Oh yeah. yeah. That was totally yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Been there. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, you can say that all you want, but you have to also like put in the action to not like make that other person suffer because <laughs> I feel like people are like well I already told them I'm not over my ex and I don't want to date so and they chose to like get involved with me so oh well but it's like you have to consciously find someone who's kind of like in a similar boat or also doesn't want to get serious or like have concrete boundaries I guess is what mm. I'm trying to say because I feel like you can't just be like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want anything serious. And then you fall asleep holding them every night and saying, I love you. Like you, it, your words and your actions totally. have to line up a bit better than that. But it also is somewhat on that other person to like take you at your word and not get as invested. But it's, it's hard when you're getting intimate with someone. It's hard, but, but I think you're right. That transparency is what you have to do to just make things fair. Yeah. 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 I agree. So someone else said that they're dating two people and they're not exclusive, but how can they be respectful when we all go to the same events? Have you had this happen before? No, I feel like that would be so weird because I don't know if I would want to be as comfortable with somebody if I know someone else who like Mm -hmm. has some involvement with me would see it like that would be really strange. Yeah, I don't know if I have good advice for that other than like don't be all over either of them at those events like don't I I probably wouldn't like be making out with them or like cuddling or like just like obvious PDA in those spaces where that other person might be like that's like the only thing I can think of when it comes to respect like 
not wanting them to like have to watch you do that or like make it seem like you're more into yeah. the other person like maybe hang out with your other group of friends that you came with or like go meet some new people like it doesn't have to be like those two people the whole night <laughs> like those aren't your only options yeah. for interactions and, and I the same events I appreciate that they want to be respectful so I don't think they're you know trying mm-hmm. to go showboat in front of each other or whatever but maybe there does need to be a little bit of separation like if if you're all at the same place and you're dating both of them either there's got to be a conversation where everybody's kind of cool with what's happening mm-hmm. or maybe it's a little too close for comfort you know yeah. I feel like if you have those open conversations and kind of figure out what they're okay with seeing and what they're okay with not seeing I don't know it's 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 really complex um yeah yeah so just talk to me. I agree that's our advice <laughs> so um totally switching gears here how do you create intimacy if you don't like physical touch engage in some of the other love languages you could spend a lot of time together and like do hobbies or like engage in interests that you both share because that's like a way of like forming bonds and like uh coming up with like inside jokes about things and like meeting Mm -hmm. people that you can have shared conversations with or about um and then the other thing that I just thought of was my biggest way of Uh, creating intimacy with someone is like through vulnerability and like sharing myself and being authentic. And I just saw something the other day. I don't remember the exact phrase, but basically there's like a vulnerability in general. And then there's one like in the moment. So it's like the general one is like, oh, I was going through like a really hard time, but like, I'm cool now. Like I'm fine now. Um, And it's kind of like sharing that you were vulnerable at one point but it's like being vulnerable in that moment about how you're feeling or something that you're actively going through Um, yeah that's like a way to create intimacy is like kind of putting not all out there but like putting it all out there and letting people um be there for you in the moment and not necessarily after the fact because I do think a lot of people think like vulnerability and intimacy are about like telling them about things that happened to you in your childhood which it is but Mm -hmm. it's like more intimate to like engage in the moment as those things are happening so um yeah that would be my uh suggestion what what about you Gina what do you think yeah no I agree with a lot of what you said and I think that physical intimacy is just one form of intimacy and I like how you said kind of supplement with other um types of love languages so even leaning on, you know, Hey, I want to do this. It would mean a lot if you could do it with me. Mm -hmm. It means a lot that you're here. It means a lot that we're doing this together. Um, and I, I also think intimacy comes from sharing parts of yourself. And so I totally agree with what you said. And I think it's okay to say like physical touch isn't my thing, but you do have to find a way to reassure And even if that's saying to somebody, I like it better when you're around, I feel better when, you know, you're in the room with me, even if I'm not, you know, on top of you, I still like it better when you're Mm -hmm. around. Yeah. Cause so much does get reassured by a simple touch and it's unfortunately like a little harder to convey. And you have, if you're not using that kind of body language, you have to then verbalize it or figure Mm -hmm. out another way 
to do, do that. I also think, you know, the love languages we didn't mention, like acts of service and gift giving Mm -hmm. can absolutely be ways to be intimate. Um, for example, I feel like for that one, I would stay away from gift giving though. I was going to say just because unless it's like an activity gift for like creating intimacy. Cause I feel like I don't know. I feel like a well, lot look of look at us it this have... way. What if okay. like you had said that you were, you really like this book, this author or something specific. Okay. And then I went yeah. and found that yeah. and gave it to you. You would okay. definitely feel like a sense of intimacy because like you feel to. heard mm-hmm. and okay. thought about, you know? Okay. Yeah. Why no, do I, you okay, feel like that? Why do you feel the aversion to it? My first thought was like, parents showing their love through just like buying their kids things and not necessarily like Mm. giving them words of affirmation or spending quality time and it just kind of like here I bought you this I love you like and without really um showing love in those other ways and I feel like gifts can be like a way to create intimacy but I personally I don't like gifts because I feel like a lot of my experiences with receiving gifts have been gifts that I don't really feel like reflect me as a person and then it right. kind of takes away that intimacy because I'm like oh they don't even know me like they don't know anything about me so I feel like it really depends on the gift itself or like if it's an activity like tickets for us to go do this or like I don't know so I, I feel like no that makes sense your now that you've great. reframed it for me and my girlfriend specifically our mm-hmm. gift giving is not just for the sake of giving gifts. And it, that mm-hmm. almost goes back to that flowers question, like giving flowers. That's just a formality parents giving gifts because they think they're supposed to, mm-hmm. that doesn't have any meaning behind it. It's not personal, but I do think that if you listen to someone's shared interests and are able mm-hmm. then to give them something that furthers their passions, or it's something they've talked to you about is an inside joke. I mm-hmm. do think that can create intimacy, but not just for the fact of buying a gift, like not just being yeah. like, oh, I'm just going to go pick her out, whatever I find first. Like it has to have thought mm-hmm. behind it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I wasn't really thinking in the context of like very, but like that is yeah. how I show my love. Like my one ex, she wanted more physical touch from me and I didn't want to do that. But I was like, I bought you nail polish because you said you want to start painting your nails and you were kind of nervous to get into that because it was too feminine. But like, I bought you nail polish because I listened to you and I want to like support you with the things you want to do. So I feel like it is like a thin line between like placating someone and like really listening to them and showing intimacy that way. I think Um, the same could be said for acts of service. Like if you're just mm -hmm. doing it to do it, there's for anything, really, if you're just saying it just to say it, then there's no meaning behind Mm -hmm. anything. Like it has to have the intention behind whatever, honestly, because that's, what's going to make it intimacy. Otherwise Mm -hmm. it's just, you're just running through routines. Intimacy comes from it being more personal. Yeah. I love that. That's beautifully said. Um, so (laughs) The last question we have is how do I find cute queer women to date? And I'm just going to use this to plug hot mess being hotties on Instagram because that's really the only thing you need. Yeah. (laughs) It's the only thing you need. Nothing. Don't even worry about anything else. Don't meet anyone in real life. Just on Instagram, (laughs) on my Instagram page. (laughs) That's it. Um, I definitely was going to say hot mess being hotties as well, which I actually think is such a fun, unique way to put yourself out there. So it's not even just a plug. Like if you find dating apps to be repetitive, here's a new fun way to meet people online. 
I like it. We also have a whole dating apps episode. We have a queer spaces episode. That's where the cute queers are. They're on the dating apps. They're in queer spaces. They're on hot Maspian. They're online. Like if you're liking queer things and, and stuff, you're going to be connected to more queer people. Um, they're out there. They're out there. Yeah. Yeah. There's life on earth. I don't know what I was going to say. The truth is out there. All right. <laughs> So with that, we are done. You can subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. I believe most of our subscribers are on Spotify. So if you look us up on there, you can follow us and get notified when we post new episodes. It would really help if you could rate us, leave a review. You could subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com backslash sapphic survival guide. We have some bonus content on there for you if you're into that. And you can follow us on social media. We're sapphic survival guide everywhere except for Twitter, which is just at sapphic survival and you can find me Cheyenne at hot Maspian, on pretty much any social media platform and you can find me anywhere online at the Lee Regina including my website thelibregina.com and you can go listen to um hello for all your Jersey Shore recap content yeah buddy <laughs> <laughs> and with that class is now dismissed <laughs>